On this episode of the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast, we catch up with Lauren Michelson of Channel 8 here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Lauren takes us through her first year of Nebraska media coverage. She joined Channel 8 from college. She went to the University of Missouri. We dive into a little of that. But more than anything, we kind of go through her first year, what she learned on the job, how difficult it is to be sort of a one-person operation at times to cover sports in the broadcasting field. And, of course, we talked about that fateful day, September 11th, where Nebraska moves on from Scott Frost and what that was like for her and how she smartly was prepared for it. All that and more coming up now on the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast. Welcome back to the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, your host. And this week, we are going to the television world, the broadcast world, something I know absolutely nothing about and generally have very little interest in doing myself because it's one thing to have to get used to hearing yourself. It's another, like, seeing yourself talking and interacting. And I would like, I try to avoid it. I, I didn't want to be on like the practice coverage stuff uh, back when, you know, you'd have the, the B-roll going on. So I don't want to be on television. But my guest today makes a career out of it. Lauren Michelson joins us from Channel 8 here in Lincoln. Lauren, welcome to the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to chat with you. Yeah. So let's let's just get the uh, the difficult questions out of the way early how does a missouri grad end up in lincoln where back when i was in college the maybe the biggest rivalry going at that time in the early 2000s nebraska missouri those games were generally must see and usually decided the fate of the the big 12 north how did you uh how did you a missouri grad end up out here with us in lincoln in in cornhusker country that is a great question. Um, I know I missed that rivalry a little bit, but uh, so after I graduated college or I guess uh, end of my senior year, I started putting feelers out to um, places that I thought had a great sports culture, good sports towns, good sports markets. And obviously I had never, well, I had never been into Lincoln, Nebraska before, but I had of course heard so many great stories about everyone that works and lives here. Uh, so I was drawn to it pretty quickly. And um, when Channel 8 reached out, I was pretty psyched about the potential of living and working in Lincoln and covering the Cornhuskers. So uh, it was kind of just an opportunity I couldn't pass up out of school. So it was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, you don't get people and fans much more dedicated and excited than those that cover and work for and cheer on Nebraska. Yeah. So did you... Were you like warned by the by the good folks in Columbia about what you were potentially getting into? Because I I'm just guessing here, but when you were probably going through school, Missouri was already in the SEC at yes. this point, and so you you were probably hearing from some older folks about the the glory days of Nebraska and Missouri. Was that kind of your first real exposure to it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I would as I was going through like the interview process, and when it became more real that this could be where I was going to start my career. Uh, I had a lot of older people sit me down and say, this this is a legitimate rivalry that some people really miss. <laughs> and those fans are crazy in the best way. 
So, so be prepared. And it, it just made me more excited to get out there and, and start working because I, I mean, the stories were, were really, some of them were good. Some of them weren't so good. Yeah. So before we dive into kind of the work you've been doing here in Lincoln, we're going to go all the way back. We're going to go before Missouri. How did you, how did you end up kind of in the spot that you are now? You're, you're a sports uh, anchor. You're, you're involved in, in the television news side of sports coverage. How did you get to this point and when did you sort of know, was it, was it in high school or was it in college that this was kind of the, the angle you wanted to go and, and that, you know, sports more than news was the direction you wanted to go in broadcast. Yeah. So I actually have a twin brother. So my entire childhood was being basically toted around from his games, football, baseball. Of course, I played all the sports too, but the the social interaction of my parents was basically dedicated to uh, football. And, you know, because it was on the weekends and that's where the big social hours would come from and, and baseball too, because you have your long summer leagues and whatnot. So uh, I fell in love with sports at a really young age from watching the teams I love, like the Chiefs and uh, well, my family's actually, they're Jayhawks or KU fans. So I can't say Tigers, ah. but you know, started off as a KU fan. And, but really it came from watching my brother play and just seeing um, that people's lives kind of revolve around sports. It made me so intrigued to just be around them. So uh, when I kind of realized that a lot of my happiness comes from just being around sports, I knew, okay, how can I make this a career? Uh, I love journalism from a young age. I was never math minded as many of us in, in the journalism world are not. Great. And Good so to have I another did, one. Yeah, unfortunately I can do stats and that, that's about it. But um, so I knew journalism was something I wanted to do. And then I knew I had this love for, for sports and then in high school I kind of realized, oh, you can you can make a career out of both of them. So that's where Mizzou came in. They have a fantastic broadcast school. I, I thought about the print side of things for a while too, um, and and both were intriguing. But I think broadcast was what really stood out. So Mizzou has a great broadcast school. I was excited to be in the SEC, although not a team that you know was high profile in the SEC. But um, it, was, it was it was intriguing, and it taught me a lot. And I, I did a lot as a, as a freshman to kind of set me up the rest of the four years there. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of just everything. The family atmosphere around sports really did it for me. And I was hooked from a young age about, you know, why sports makes the world such a good place and decided to make it a career. So if I have this right, you grew up in a, a Jayhawk family. I did. You attended the university of Missouri. Which, oh, for whatever we might think the Missouri-Nebraska rivalry might be, the Missouri-Kansas one is probably about 100 times that in terms of just uh, tension and, and hatred and everything else. And then you end up in Nebraska. You just you going to make a tour of all the Big 8 schools? Is this I, the plan here? I, my goal, I'm trying to get my hands on a Big 8 crew neck sweatshirt or something because I am making the tour. Uh, no, <laughs> I think we can make that happen. I, we know people... In the, in the Nebraska media that feel very fondly about the Big 8 and probably have some some old merch that we can get to you. That is awesome. But, yeah, I mean, I yes, yeah, so I grew up – I'm from Overland Park, Kansas originally, so that's Jayhawk territory. Both my parents went there, met there. Uh, my twin brother graduated from there too. So uh, going to Mizzou was kind of a what the hell are you doing when I first brought it up. And then after they, you know, toured and realized there's, there's some pros here. They can't be Tiger fans, but they can – you know, at least enjoy the education I'm getting. 
uh, and made it made it for a really for, fun four years, uh, especially with the renewal of the border war for basketball. Um, given Tigers don't, you know, haven't ended up on the right side of that in a while, but that was really fun. And I actually have a younger sister who is going to Mizzou in the fall. So we got one more Tiger crossing over family life. <laughs> Look at that. It's, you've, you've brought it into the family now. Some would <laughs> say it might even be spreading. All right. So I, here's what I'm fascinated by, because I know for me at a young age, um, I would, I had a newspaper route and my brother and I would race. And then whoever got done first was getting the sports section. And so my mornings were always spent reading the sports section. How did you get into the media aspect of sports when you were young? Was it, you were watching the local coverage of the chiefs or sports center and saw it that way? Was it the newspaper? What, what kind of brought you into the sports media world when you were a kid? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that. I love that story from you and your brother. Um, so uh, just like our lives revolved, revolved around my brother's sports, um, our weekends are, were kind of dictated what's going on. So if the Chiefs were playing on Sunday, our entire life was Chiefs playing on Sunday. So we are glued to the TV, obviously watching the game. But then I also found a fascination and and the broadcast side of things and wondering, you know, how, you know, at a young age, what are those reporters doing? What's their background? Are they getting told those questions? How are, you know, I was so fascinated with um, that side of things. Uh, and the same with KU games, we'd go and I'd watch the reporters on the sidelines doing their thing I'd watch the play by play guys. It was just a quick fascination and how the behind the scenes of a broadcast worked. Uh, so I'd play pay close attention. Nothing's worse than being in a bar and not being able to hear the game because when I was younger, I loved I loved just listening to what these play-by-play guys and the sideline people were saying. Um, so I started kind of doing research and watching more studio shows. I was obsessed with ESPN, always having that on in the background. Um, and yeah, it just was a quick fascination that grew and grew. And when I realized I could make it a career, I was, I was so hooked. Was there a sport or a certain like sports anchor or um, ESPN personality or someone that like really kind of stood out for you at sort of an early age? Yeah. So Holly Rowe's always been like the Mecca a legend really. Yes. And so anytime she was on, I knew, okay, this is a big event. This is something big and exciting. Uh, Tracy Wolfson love watching her cover NFL games. Uh, but even at the local level, uh, Mick Schaefer, who is still the sports director for KSHB at NBC station in Kansas city. I've long admired him and his work and he's really shown, you know, the fun side of making local TV really fun and relaxed does an excellent job. Uh, so, you know, both at the local and national level, there's so many talented people that, you know, make you want to even tune in long before the game starts. And that, that was really cool. So with, with local news, I mean, even, even for you kind of growing up like that, they have to sort of do things differently to, to kind of connect with, with the different age gaps and audience. Like mm-hmm. for, for our parents, it was very common to have the local news on. I know for myself, having people that I know in the industry, it makes it easier for me to, to put it on, but it's not always something I think about. Was that something as you were sort of considering all of this and you know that that's a path that you could end up down with the local news? Did you were you really thinking about, okay, how, how can this be different? How can this look different? How can we, how can we sort of evolve this aspect? Cause it's not going to go anywhere, but obviously it has to sort of update itself as the times change too. 
No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's ever evolving and, and it does look a lot different than when, you know, our parents were sitting in front of the TV, knowing that was like their main space of where they can get, you know, highlights one night. It, it's not that anymore. You can get things Instagram online. And um, that's kind of my mindset is uh, we are digital first. So yes, I'm a broadcast entity. I'm turning, I'm on deadline at five, six and 10 every night, but I'm pushing things on social first. And that's kind of been, you know, in the back of my mind, the last five years is just how can I make this a digital, a work for digital while also working for broadcast. And it's, you know, we're learning how to make it work well and quickly. Uh, but knowing that you have to be working with a local TV station to also work as a digital outlet too, almost it's like, they're kind of one in the same. You should be focused on both as a anchor or reporter in my opinion. And that's kind of what's made it, you know, continue to keep up with the ever evolving landscape of sports online and, and broadcasts. Did you, did you have like a high school program that allowed you to sort of get into to journalism a little bit at all? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you had like a high school news program or anything, but what was sort of your first experience of really sort of doing like broadcast journalism? So I did not. So I was, um, we had newspaper and yearbook and we did have a small high school, like um, TV station. I didn't yep. touch that. I, I did yearbook. Um, I was editor in chief of our yearbook and like uh, my junior, senior year, which was really fun. That's where my like love of telling stories came from kind of like the why behind these athletes on the sports side of things. And on, you know, we do the human feature stories. I, I love that so much. It I didn't touch broadcast truly until I interned for a Kansas City's magazine my senior year of high school and did some, you know, like digital broadcast work for them on their website, which was really fun. But yeah, until I got to Mizzou, I didn't, I didn't touch it. Um, so I, I totally could have gone in and said, this is not for me. I'm doing the print route. Uh, but luckily, you know, had that print background a little bit and decided, yes, I do love uh, the broadcast part of it. But yeah, not until I was a sophomore in college that I really consistently do on air stuff when did you first learn that at, at maybe at least a local level that you have to sort of shoot your own footage you have to shoot your own stand-ups you have to like you're both the camera person and the person in front of the camera because I know for me as as a very uneducated idiot I didn't really put it together that you know these these people I would see on the television they have to set all of that up. They have to like, they're shooting all of it because you know, when you're growing up and you watch ESPN and you're watching studio shows or you're watching these live, these live things, you just assume there's another camera person there or, you know, that, that there's a in front and there's a behind operation of everything. And then I, I go to cover this actual team and it's like, Whoa, they have to lug this thing around. There's a media scrum. You got to get your elbows out so you can get a good vantage point. When did that all kind of sink home? Because as a, like I said, I was super ignorant for how much the broadcast side and the television side, how much you carry, how much you have to do. Like, there's a lot more work than me just holding a phone in front of someone's face to get audio. Like, it's, it's pretty impressive. 
you know what, you're not ignorant because that means the people you watch do a good job of, of you know, uh, sounding good and energized and um, with it after a long day of lugging 50 pound gear, <laughs> 50 pounds of gear yeah. around. But um, as a, when I start my, when I got my foot in the door, I worked at an NBC station at Mizzou. Um, it's, it was an NBC station kind of affiliated with the university, but a real news station uh, called KOMU. And um, my first experience there was called a, they do a big Friday night high school football show called FNF. So Friday night fever and uh, the sports director would do, I mean, 30 minutes plus of awesome highlights. And it was really well ran. And it was a slew of students who would go out to various high schools across mid Missouri shooting games. So once I was trained in the camera, I spent every Friday night as a college freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, some would be like, what the hell are you doing? I loved it being out in a small town, Missouri. There was a Mexico, Missouri, a Paris, Missouri. I mean, the names were laughable. Exotic. Exotic. And um, just shooting high school football and, and learning, you know, how to shoot highlights. And still shooting football is one of my favorite parts about this job. Uh, there's nothing quite like shooting a touchdown so perfectly with a ball spiral, like when you get that money shot. But um it, yeah, I learned early on, you know, this job is not for people who just want to uh, be on TV. And that was never something I just wanted to do. I would do this job without being on TV. I love it so much. And um, that's honestly sometimes the least favorable part of the job. So, yeah, I, I was shooting every sport imaginable as a freshman on and learned quickly that you rarely have a camera man or camera person uh, starting out in the industry, usually not until you get to, you know, a hot, bigger city if that's something you choose to do or um, sometimes for Husker games we'll have a photographer with me but it's rare and that was okay with me and it taught you know it taught you to it weeds out who really wants to do this job and who doesn't so it was never a surprise uh, thankfully and it's a part of my job I actually really love. Yeah I think that's one of the things about journalism that that maybe people don't understand unless they've sort of been through it the aspects of this job, there's all sorts of things that just like someone else would look at it and be like, you know what? Not for me. And you're, you're talking about so much of your experience comes on a Friday night in college when, you know, we, we know what Friday nights in college are generally like, and, and you're in Mexico, Missouri shooting a football game and you have to really love it. Like you have to, it has to be something that you really want to do. And that weeds people out and it thins out, um, the industry when did you sort of realize was it that freshman year kind of after you learned the the tricks of the trade with the the camera and you're there shooting it like oh this is I can see myself really doing this oh yeah I was I was all in and I don't I guess I don't remember kind of a exact moment when um but I just I was hooked from the start I think just the atmosphere of what it was kind of unbelievable. Like, oh, I could make a career out of covering games, out of seeing these great moments unfold. And uh, even just at the high school level, I was so really in love with what I was doing that. And it, and it was kind of like hungry to keep learning and keep because there was there was a lot of unknown. Like, how do you get a job out of college in this industry when there's so many people that want to do it? How do you how does that happen? And um, it was really interesting to see just like the different careers that these broadcast students at Mizzou would be getting. And um, so, yeah, it was pretty quickly that I fell in love with it and knew that it was something I wanted to do. And 
like we just talked about, yeah, my friends thought I was crazy for spending my Friday Friday nights not having fun with them and, and uh, shooting a football game. But for me, it was just like, this is exactly where I want to be. And I like to think that hard work I put in in college paid off now post-grad. So. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So let's, let's dive back into Missouri a little bit. Missouri is known for being a journalism school. Like it is, you know, when I was looking at schools, it was certainly one of the ones that, that popped up or that you just knew was highly rated for its journalism college. Why, why do you feel like Missouri has that reputation and how do they get people so prepared for the different tracks that are in the broadcast and, and, you know, news editorial fields? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, they, they kind of go about everything in the journalism school based off this thing called the Missouri method. So everything you're doing is very hands-on, which a lot of schools can say, oh, we're doing this hands-on stuff. But from the second you walk into that, you know, you begin your curriculum, they, they actually, you're actually getting sent out. So part of my curriculum as like a junior in college was to be like a morning show reporter. So like two days a week, I'd wake up at two in the morning, head to the studio and do live shots five times a morning. And every morning show hit we did about the pandemic was going on about the mask mandate at the elementary school behind me or whatever, you know, so you're, you're getting these reps. Um, they, you're working on both sides, print and new and um, broadcast. You're working in a real newsroom. So they're operating as a separate entity as any actual newspaper or local TV station would. Uh, but you're at, you're part of your schoolwork. Part of your grade is being employed by them, quote unquote, just without pay. Some, sometimes you do, but um, so that was so intriguing. The fact that I could actually get live, live reps and, and learn from a real sports director while I was still in school was so intriguing. And um, they just do it. They just know what they're doing. They were the ver- very first journalism school and lo- love to brand that to them, but it's, it, it works because they prepare students so well for the job after college, which I don't think everyone can say they're ready for. Um, and as much as I still have to learn, I felt so I don't think I would be prepared for the job I'm in if it had not been for Mizzou, KOMU and, and the sports director and better net that I, I learned from. How many, um, if you don't mind sharing, how many places did you apply for before you ended up in Lincoln out of college? Oh, wow. Because I, I know for me personally, like that stretch right before you graduate, when you're just, at, you know, looking at journalismjobs.com or whatever it is, and you're just you know, with sports jobs, you kind of have to go wherever something opens up. I probably applied for dozens. I know when the internships between multiple years, I applied for well over a hundred internships. It just seems like in, in sports journalism, you just have to like throw your name out there for any and every opportunity. Was that the case when you graduated? Oh, definitely. I mean, starting in like March of my senior year, I probably applied to 40 jobs and heard and got interviews with like five and uh, it is really hard to get a job in sports out of school yeah. and you can be very well prepared and um you know news jobs and broadcasts are a lot more common than the sports ones because in a newsroom you could have what 15 news reporters to two sports people and one of them's a sports director that's solidified and been there so the jobs are few and you know it's they're sought after so it was it was hard sometimes but 
you know, I, it, it came down to three jobs for me that I was interested in all of them. Lincoln was the most intriguing by far, obviously, but it could be, it was discouraging at times. And I have a lot of Mizzou students reach out to me still and, you know, talking about how they don't have a job yet and they're freaking out. And, uh, you know, advice to anyone looking for a job in sports is just to stay patient because all it takes is that one yes. And then you're in, in. And once you're in, that's where things start happening. And, and you know, so, but yeah, I, I right there with you. I applied everywhere and anywhere and wasn't planning on being too picky. And I feel thankful that I, I did have at least some options to choose from. So I'm very thankful for the spot I'm in now too. Before we dive into kind of the work you've been doing here since you've been in Nebraska, I do have like another just sort of general kind of question. And I, I think this is always fun to ask different media people because you're going to get wildly different answers. What's the biggest misconception about your job? Uh, probably that it's easy. Pro like that's so silly to say, but people still can't believe that I'm shooting, I'm shooting I'm interviewing, I'm shooting, I'm editing, I'm building my sports block. I'm writing everything in it. I'm now then slapping on makeup on my face five minutes before the show, because that's the last thing I'm worried about. Uh, and working 15 hour days, like you're, you know, I, it's not always the case, but I have to be live at six and 10 every single night. If there's a 9am press conference, which there is a 930am basketball press conference on Wednesday this week. I'm going to get there at 845 and maybe take a break in between. But, you know, you got to be on all the time. It's not an easy job and it's not a job you can do if you don't absolutely love it. Uh, but luckily, I feel very thankful every day to do it because I do love it. But, yeah. Was there a moment, I guess, then for you where you sort of realized that either through yourself or just watching someone maybe at that station you were working at in Columbia kind of go through that and you're like, whoa, that person has to put in a lot of time. Or maybe it's like one of your first days in Lincoln, you're like, I had a 20 hour work day, basically. <laughs> because that's the thing about news cycles. You don't know, you know, especially when you're covering a, a city as diverse as, as Lincoln is with all the different sports, you could have something break at 745 in the morning that's important. And then you're having to talk about it, like you said, for your stand up in the evening. Like it's a long day. It is. Um, luckily, the the I was a sponge in college. So any anytime anyone would talk about this industry, I would soak it up because it was fascinating to me. And I knew I wanted to make it a career. So my sports director and, knew, uh, you know, everyone that helped me get that first job out of school was very candid and said, you know, you're going to be working long hours. You've got to be on at all time. Uh, you might not even be, you know, covering a college program. Some people get their start in markets where it's all high school which is great but that was a reality too and so i was prepared to take a job anywhere and ready to work 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 so it wasn't a surprise i will say getting here and uh it's been more of trying to balance you know take time for myself too because i am young and i'm i want to work really really hard but you don't want to burn yourself out so that that's yeah. a whole nother thing but that's been kind of the the awakening for me is, okay, how do I balance work and life together? Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that is definitely a thing that happens and I've seen it through other people in this industry. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right. So now we're going to dive into some more Nebraska media-related questions. And here's something that fascinates me because I grew up here in the state. I grew up uh, knowing Nebraska football as, you know, significantly more than I knew math equations to, to tie this back to something you said earlier. And so I didn't have to learn the lay of the land because I grew up here. I went to college here. I covered the team in college. I, I got a uh, really good background in terms of, of how the media landscape works. Just being here in college, you changed markets. You changed from Missouri to Nebraska and it's your first job. And like you said, there's high school coverage, there's, you know, random sporting event coverage, there's salt dog coverage, there's Nebraska athletics, and you kind of got to know everything. Because the thing about it, and as I'm sure you're well aware, nothing people love more than to kind of test you if you know stuff. And you don't get a lot of benefit of the doubt new for very long. So how much of your transition to Lincoln was just having to immerse yourself into everything as quickly as possible from like, okay, who are the coaches? Who are the key players? What's the, what is the expectations for this team? How much time did that all take? Yeah, that's so true. And and a great question. I mean, so I, I put it in perspective. I graduated college on like May 13th last year and was moved into this apartment by May 31st. So I basically in two weeks, got my out here and was ready to go. Um, And so the first, I think I spent like four days ahead of my first job. And then the first week really kind of doing as much prep as I could for things to come. So, I mean, it started with, it's almost in a way like the Husker stuff is the easy stuff. Cause if you're a college football fan, you're following coaches or following players, at least a little bit, it was the high schools. Right. So I had to sit down look at our DMA, like what, what schools do we cover and what areas and write every team down records, coaches that took a while, but was easy once, you know, got the hang of it. And then, you know, you learn, okay, volleyball is so big here. Softball is big, baseball is big, everything. And you're getting the schedules written down and then it's okay. Husker stuff. We have football season coming up. We have volleyball season. We have, um, you know, speculation about coaches staying, coaches going. And um, it kind of just was like, it's part of the reason I love the job though. And I'm sure you're the same, Mike, is that the research is the fun part. So uh, it was kind of just like, okay, time to dive all in. Let's do this. And um, you know, if I mess up, that's because I didn't prepare hard enough and I am young. And if I don't, if I'm not prepared, I will be called out for it. So it was kind of just a non-negotiable for me. I got to learn everything quickly um, and the rest will just come day by day. But yeah, the first couple of weeks were, 
they were challenging, but I was ready for it. And um, you definitely learn a lot as you go here. So this is this is probably unfair, but because it's still relatively fresh because you've been you've been in the market for a little little more than a year now. Do you remember what your first story that you covered for Channel Eight was? Or like maybe your first on-site thing? Because if, if you would have gotten here at the end of May, we're probably looking at like Legion baseball or like maybe some off-season football related thing. Now, Legion baseball is so funny because I'm still trying to figure out where the heck those schedules are. That is the hardest thing. That's a whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> but yeah, you just got to know the team parents and then you just get it from them. That's basically how this works, I think. So Legion Baseball was up there. The very first thing I like shot and edited, and I didn't even, the old anchor actually like did it. I, this was like day three or something. I was there and I was just like, I'll go do this. Um, Garrett Nelson was holding something at the training table and he was working with um, a dairy company and I can't remember the name of it, but he basically was just, you know, his background with his dad and everything was something that held a lot of meaning to him. So just, talk to Garrett about basically football and then milk and dairy and why it means why, you know, the farming background means so much to him and um, did like a, what we call a Vosot in the six and 10 o'clock shows about Garrett talking about his dad and his life. And it was a really cool story and very Nebraska. Um, but that was the very first thing I did. That's awesome. All right. So you get here. It is, you know, the biggest season on record for Scott Frost. Nebraska's playing over in Ireland. Did you did you go over to Ireland to, to cover it? Were you fortunate enough to to be able to do that? I wish I would have. No, I, I watched the the onside kick unfold from the comfort of the station. <laughs> so you're you're covering Nebraska. It's the third week of the season. It's Sunday, September 11th. You're in your first year covering this team in this town and they just fired their head football coach. What was that day like for you? You know, I've recalled this, this, that weekend a few times because um, I've talked to classes at Mizzou about it because it's something you're not, you can't plan for Are you kidding me. You can kind of expect it, but right. you know, you can't plan that much. So that Saturday night, I had finished everything up just super late night too. Cause it's it a was. late game and yeah. It was, and which just added to the drama of everything. And I had just wrapped my last live shot for the night and was, um, I actually sat down before I even left the stadium. I sat down in the media room and I cut a video, a VO, I cut a video of Scott that I had taken that day. And I'm like, he's getting fired tomorrow. <laughs> I just, I was like, there's no way. Amazing. I didn't know for sure. I was like, maybe they'll wait till Monday, but I'm like, right. I'm having my video pre-cut at midnight tonight ready to go because I just have a look feeling. at you and I, I called my sports director from college um Ben Ben Arnett and he's been in the industry for a long long time and um that make him sound old he's not old but um for a lot longer than I have and I'm just like I think they're gonna announce his you know they're gonna fire him tomorrow and I think it's gonna be a big Sunday thing and he, I'm like what I cut video like what else should I do and he gave, you know, gave some words of advice. He's like, yeah, you mean you're on with the video, have a web story ready to go, have a tweet ready to go and just be prepared. And lo and behold, at what, like 9 a.m., it wasn't yeah. scooped by any national writers, which was interesting because obviously with rules hiring, that was announced way early. But um, 
they Nebraska just sent out that tweet and I was up and got it out fast, got the web out fast. So it was more prepared, luckily, than I thought would have imagined I would be. But it was, yeah, very memorable. That whole day was a blur with the Trev press conference and then Mickey. I don't remember if they held Mickey's that day or not. I don't think they did. But, um, you know, live shots and, and in those moments, it's like you're just you're not pre-writing anything. You're just talking. And that was nerve wracking for me because I wanted to make sure, you know, I covered all my bases and handled it well. And, you know, I'm proud of the coverage I did that day, although not perfect. Um, it went well. So definitely something I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, it's so wild having now, you know, in a, in a weird way thinking about it, covered multiple coaches being let go every time is different. The way that it's handled is different. The way the news comes out is different. Like the follow-up is different. The way the AD chooses to handle it is different. And so there's really no like plan that's going to be perfect, but for you to have the foresight that like, Hey, I should put something together just in case that had to have been huge for you that next day, because I, I even just now thinking about it, like going through that Sunday, there is so much that you want to do and you have such a limited amount of time. And it feels like every minute you spend on one thing is a minute that could be spent on something else. So you have to weigh that all together. Did you, like at the end of that day, did you feel a sense of relief that you kind of had a baptism by fire moment this early in your career? I did. I did. I, I felt good. I felt, you know, it was, it was kind of not that you ever want to see a head coach be fired, but right. I I know what you mean. And I think the listeners would know what you mean. It's not, it's someone's worst day uh, for sure. And you keep that in perspective, but you have a job to do. Like that's, that's always the thing that you have to tell yourself is that you have a job to do and you have listeners and readers and, and viewers that are counting on you. Yeah, it was, I mean, 100%, you were so, so right. I mean, it was just empowering to be able to, you know, uh, report on something so big to this community that, you know, their heartbeat is Husker football among other Husker athletics. So it's so, you know, just anytime you get to cover something so important to a community, it's rewarding and, um, you know, and memorable. So of course, you know, not the best day for, you know, Scott, but, um, you know, an important day in Husker history, athletics history. And that's something that is, that is really cool. Yeah. So you, that obviously happens in September, which then means there's going to be a coach hiring. And so that's going to be its own kind of, uh, you know, significant day. But before we get there, because I don't want to gloss over the season, what, so your first experience covering a Nebraska game would have been the North Dakota game that, that uh, Saturday at the beginning of September, what, uh, what do you kind of remember from that, because I'm sure you covered Missouri game. So it wasn't like this is completely new by any means, but a different environment. Did you, did you feel like you had to kind of like sort of watch how other people were doing stuff and emulate it a little bit? Or were you just pretty confident? Like I'm going to go in, I've covered a football game before it might be a different place, but it's still the same sport. Yeah. So that, yeah, that obviously had covered many Mizzou football games, road games, bowl game, bowl game. And, um, so the the intricacies of covering a college football game were not was not daunting to me. I tell people this all the time. The hardest part about starting in a new market truly is finding out where things are. So like I, I had to ask around, okay, where's the post-game media room? 
where your media park where yeah where's the workroom where like am i allowed to set my tripod up now or do i have to wait till halftime it's the those little things that's just like you know a lot of people have a sports director telling them you know this is how it works i i am you know the main anchor here and so i was kind of just having to ask around and there's amazing people in Lincoln and Omaha covering this team that were so helpful to me and that I'm so grateful for. And Nebraska SIDs are phenomenal, but yeah, that was kind of like a, so I got there early. Oh, I, that I, and I still, I, I, one thing about me, it's kind of crazy, but I try and be the first person to everything because uh, I don't know why, but because I want to be early and it just makes me feel more prepared so yeah, I got there early and got my bearings and the first, that first time of getting everything done was the hardest. And then after that, it was just like, oh my God, like I am covering Nebraska football. Like this is, I, I, and I still remember the first time I ever went into Memorial Stadium. It was for a Friday Night Lights camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that moment was like, oh my God, too, because the stadium's amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. The fan base is, you can't ask for anything better. Um, so even that, I think it was an 11 a.m. kick that morning was was unbelievable and uh yeah was really great what was kind of the reception like it could be either coaching staff but you you have to kind of go introduce yourself to these people so they know who they're talking to or they're working with was that intimidating for you at all initially um and then you know what what do you feel like sort of the reception was of of kind of trying to build those relationships really quickly on on a quick turnaround of your hire to may and you're you're covering that team you know right away yeah I started by just kind of introducing myself to SIDs, um, being respectful that way, because, you know, and honestly, sometimes it's kind of hard to know, do I do I go straight through the SID? Do I kind of, you know, test the waters a little bit, go straight to the coach? Um, But, you know, started by emailing SIDs, uh, slowly started to meet, you know, like John Cook. I, I met I remember meeting him and introducing myself. Um, Will Bolt, some players, it just kind of slowly started happening that summer, which was good because a lot of the teams, you know, were in their off season. So had the time to kind of sit down and just say hi and talk for a second. Um, With football, it was a little different. The first time I really introduced myself to Scott was media days, which was, you know, uh, I wouldn't say not a good place to do it, but like, you know, there was a lot on edge. A lot going on. There's a lot going on. So it was very casual. And we had done some, a few press conferences before that, but not really. So I was like, well, this is my first big thing covering him. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce myself. So did with him, did with Trev Alberts, actually pulled Trev for a a one-on-one interview that, that media days was kind for him to take a second, but um, yeah, it's daunting. And I don't have someone telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. I am kind of just, you know, knowing what might work. So, uh, yeah. And then with coordinators and stuff, kind of just the first question would just introduce myself. And then, um, obviously those got shuffled too. And then now completely new. So it's, it's interesting to see how you go about doing that, but you know, as long as you go about it with kindness and, you know, it's just, we're just doing our job. They're doing their job. It's just the fun of it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to be heading into your second football season. You had the opportunity. You got football, volleyball, basketball, both men's and women. You probably all the Olympic sports on top of it. You were probably at a bunch of events. You had your kind of first year with this. Have you had an opportunity to sort of sit and reflect a little bit and think, okay, here's how some of this went. Here's kind of what I want to do differently. Have you been able to do that? Or is it because you're, you're, 
really my, uh, one person operation for so much of the time. Do you not really have that time where you can kind of sit and reflect on, okay, I want to do this a little bit differently next year. Yeah. I, I definitely force myself to do that because I have, I still have so much to learn. I want to still learn and keep growing. So I think that's only right to do is at some point sit down and kind of reevaluate, you know, what am I doing? Well, what do I need to work on? Um, you know, set, set goals. Um, I'm a very goal oriented person and it keeps me in line. So I hit my year mark, obviously end of May and kind of sat down and put together like a little kind of recap of what the last year held and um, wrote down some things. I, I took notes throughout the year of things and how they went and it kind of brought it back up, reminded me of how things went and things I wanted to change. So yeah, I, I definitely am trying to change some things, keep some things the same, but um, I think that's just a part of the job is just, you know, the want to keep growing and learning and um, that's what keeps it interesting. What was your favorite? Uh, do you, was there a favorite game that you covered from this pack? Any sport doesn't have to be football. It doesn't have to be Nebraska. It could be any level. Is there something that that has really stood out where you got to cover a great game or you got to cover something and you're like, wow, that was a ton of fun. God, I mean, so much. I know it's it's an unfair question because it's kind of like trying to drink from a fire hose. No, it's good though. I I loved um so so so. I had never covered a volleyball match. Well, I would covered probably two volleyball matches at Mizzou, but um, I think just seeing the first match in Devaney, my first time covering, I, that was unbelievable because seeing how, seeing the support for women's athletics and was amazing. And uh, I mean, that I fell in love with that sport really quickly being here covering that sport. And um, so really anytime, you can go to Devaney, especially when they hosted some games for the tournament was so great. But um, the Iowa Nebraska game was really fun. I, I went to obviously Kinnick for that. And there were so many storylines. There was so much unknown. And despite that, the mood of the game was so exciting. And um, the, the press conferences afterwards were really, really uh, interesting and I loved that. I loved covering that game every second of that. That was such a good day. Um, basketball. I mean, this team, Fred Hoiberg's team had so much going on last year. There were a lot of good games. Senior night was phenomenal to cover. Same with women's hoops. Um, they went through a lot too. I mean, it's just probably there's like one game for every sport that I can pick mm -hmm. out uh, that makes me excited for, you know, this year too. You didn't get to spend a lot of time around Scott Frost and his staff before the change was made, but have you already, do you already feel like you can sense sort of a transition in how media coverage can go for you with Frost to rule uh, and just kind of the short amount of time that you're able to spend around each so far? Yeah. So, I mean, I was super fresh with Frost. I mean, I still am, but like that was, that was a whole, I can't even compare the two. I, I think um, I, I like the fact that we are at a clean slate with this new coach and a new new assistants and they're doing so much. Um, I, I'd say the right way. I think I think the way this coaching staff and the way rule is running things is hooking the fan base. I mean, it, there's a lot of skepticism still, obviously, but uh, he's doing the right things when it comes to whether it's playing the role or just being the role of Nebraska head coach, he's doing it right. And I think that just makes me more intrigued 
to cover him. And um, I can't even compare Matt Rule and Scott Frost because there's so much that's different. And um, I think I have a lot more excitement to be covering Matt Rule this season. Absolutely. Just like I did on the previous question before I jumped back over to Rule and Frost, this upcoming year for Nebraska athletics looks absolutely loaded. You have a whole new football staff and football team. You have basketball teams that return incredibly important pieces and Jazz Shelley and, and Kese Tomonaga, a softball team that now maybe has the, the single biggest athlete in the, the sport, which would arguably make her the single biggest athlete in the entire college program. So give me something that you're really excited to cover in the 2023-2024 academic year for Nebraska athletics. That I was just having this conversation with someone. I'm like, this is. Isn't it amazing? Like there is, there is a lot to be. And I didn't even mention, okay, they have probably a top five volleyball team again. Uh, The wrestling team is fantastic. They're coming off of a great year of track and field for both men and women's. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the sports, it's just that there's so much that hasn't gone right for football that it clouds over everything else that is going okay for this university. I think. And I, man, am I a football fan? Yeah. But the things I'm excited for are even more, more than football. I mean, and I, I mean, Matt Rule's first game in Minneapolis is going to be amazing. But the fact that volleyball plays Memorial Stadium before that is going to be even. Are you going to be able to get both of those? I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to say oh, wow. volleyball and then drive. Luckily, obviously, Thursday night game. Yep. So I'm going to drive in the morning. But yeah, I would not miss. I can't even pick. I wouldn't miss either of those. Um, and then you have, so yeah, you have volleyball starting off with a bang, let alone the fact that this entire team, there's not a single senior. There's so many new faces. Some of the most talented freshmen I've ever seen in any sport on this volleyball team got football with a whole new era under Matt and these incredible assistants. I mean, that's going to be amazing. And that's only before the like real season for both these teams starts kind of, uh, I mean, basketball, I'm, that I'm so excited about K-State returning. I mean, that's incredible. And I, I'm, ex- I'm really happy for Fred. And um, they brought in some really, really exciting guys. We just talked to Rink Moss this past week. Um, I'm excited to see what he did, he does for this team, replacing Derek Walker. I mean, uh, with Jazz back, that's going to be incredible for women's sports. And then, oh, my God, it's like, softball season just ended it feels like and I'm ready for softball season to see Jordy Ball and like and now we hear that she's going to be hitting and it's just I I I think yes it's so exciting to be a media member covering Nebraska right now but how special for this fan base to have so much to look forward to yeah it's going to keep you busy I'm sure what's the toughest sport to shoot probably uh baseball because Wind has a big factor. The ball is smaller than any other ball. And, you know, if you just want to, you want to hit a home run really smooth. And sometimes you're kind of like looking, if it's sunny, you're battling with like Haymarket Park has like half the field in the sun, half of it in the shade. So yeah, probably baseball. Okay. I, I hear from other people about volleyball a lot because with the net trying to line it up, but that's maybe more for photographers that want that really clean shot. Uh, so that's that's kind of I was wondering if it was going to be one of those two. I know for me, I struggle with football and this is more from the photography side of it. But it's partly because when you're shooting, 
have you been able to develop a technique that allows you to also follow the game while you're looking through a lens? Because it's easy for me to get lost trying to trying to shoot a game and also know what's going on at the same time. I think I'm just used to it by now. Like I remember so much time doing it. Yeah. 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 Like I think when I first started, I was like, Oh my God, how am I supposed to like know what's happening? But like, yeah, you can, it's pretty easy now. And I, I shoot with um, one eye open, which is kind of crazy. So you have one eye in the, in the camera and one eye watching the, watching the game. So you're not missing too much. You shouldn't be. Um, but, and then I, I also take kind of a log of what's happening. So, you know, writing down plays I know I want to use and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you guys have so much to do and I'm just sitting up there eating cookies <laughs> Tweeting during games, offering no real positive commentary yeah, that anyone can true. take away. Not true. I no, I have so much respect that I honestly and and I can admit this, I didn't have like I had it. It blew me away watching watching media people work. Certainly uh, watching broadcast people work because there's just so much more going on. In addition to you could get hit by a player at any time. I mean, you gotta. You gotta have your head on a swivel. Okay, let's finish. Let's finish with some with some stories if you if you have any. What do you have any real memorable interactions with any Nebraska coaches or or players so far in your short career? Probably my favorite interview I've done was with um, yeah Sam Griesel, who is obviously graduated and looking for mm-hmm. his next thing, but. Um, I wanted to do like a really big senior day piece because the seniors were so such an intricate part of um, this past men's basketball team. Uh, And with Sam, Sam has such a good story. It's pretty much written with the hometown kid, but there's a lot of layers to it. And I wanted to, you know, do a story justice as one kind of final farewell to Nebraska as he, as he begins his life after, after college ball. Um, We sat down for like, we just sat in the middle of um, PBA on the court and talked for like almost two hours. And it was kind of like, oh my God, I have so much sound. I don't know what to do. That took a while, but it was a really, you know, that's, that's the part of the job that's so fun is like learning who these athletes are outside of the sport, because that's, what's so intriguing. Like, yeah, we love watching them play, but seeing what else is there is really awesome. So that, that was really fun. Um, I loved being a part of volleyball media days last year in Chicago, because I think the big 10 is so awesome for making that a thing for the sport, the first of its kind. Um, that was with Maddie Cuba, Kenzie Knuckles, who are also gone now, but that, that was so fun. Um, I, I just talked to John Cook out in central city for the spring match. Um, and you know, John Cook is a character. He's amazing, but hearing him just so, you know, excited, I pulled him aside and, just talked about kind of other than volleyball but just he loves nebraska like the small town feels so much so and it's it's really cool to see so there's been a lot and yeah nebraska has some has some cool some really cool people have you had to chase any obnoxious idiots from your live shots before is that like a thing you've had to deal with much so far in your career because that would be the other thing that i would struggle with is you're like trying to work and there's people that won't take that serious. I've, I've dealt with it very, very briefly with like. I want to poke my head over there. 
that's funny because we we saw that one Chicago or Miami. I think she's in Miami now. That Samantha Rivera had to like stiff arm that fan. Uh, Luckily, I've not had to do anything crazy. I try and be smart about where I set up my live shots. Obviously, if you're in a stadium, that's on the field. That's where you want to be because Mm -hmm. you're kind of protected. But no, I haven't had to deal with crazy people too much. But um, if I if I ever do, I'm just going to laugh it off, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully they, they leave you alone. All right. Well, hopefully this interview was worth your, your time. I, I had a blast. I got to learn a lot. And uh, I'm excited to see how many big eight schools you collect over your, your time here. I mean, I, I'm truly like, I have such a fascination with the big eight. Like, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know why. I think every program that was a part of it is really storied and uh, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big eight fan through and through. And now we're seeing conferences uh expand like never before so it's a weird time for sure but no i had so much fun getting to know you i need to actually ask you some questions next but nebraska <laughs> media is is big there is so it many is. of us there there are a lot of us hopefully you found some good people to lean upon here for the last year and uh it's been great to get to know you and excited to, to see you over there at all the events that we got going on here uh coming up next season that'll be That'll be a lot of fun. We appreciate your time here on the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast, Lauren. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast. Thanks for checking out. Thanks to Podcast Media for housing it. And uh, we'll see you soon with more content.